from the Duck South Studios in Morgan City, Mississippi. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. I want to punch you in the face so bad right now. This is the On The X podcast, powered by DuckSouth.com. I didn't get a harumph out of that guy. Get the governor harumph. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Today's episode is brought to you by Advantage Multi from Bayer. Advantage Multi is veterinarian's number one choice in the prevention of heartworms, fleas, roundworms, hookworms, and whipworms. Treats and controls sarcoptic mange. Make sure your dog is protected by using Advantage Multi. I said what I said and I'll stand by it to the death. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And now, here are your hosts, Jay Paul Jackson. You just love to hear yourself talk, don't you? Even when you're not saying anything. Rocky LaFleur. Yo, Adrian! Adrian! Houston Kennedy. Please, Houston, we have a problem. And Josh Webb. Coons. We're raccoons trying to get on our back porch. Mama just chased them off with a broom. Welcome to the On The X Podcast, powered by DuckSouth.com. I'm Jay Paul Jackson, and today I'm joined by my co-host, the fabulous one, Mr. Rocky LaFleur. And also today, we're really fortunate to have not one, not two, but three extraordinarily special guests. Returning is Jake LaTondres of LaTondres Media. And also today, we have Ms. Shannon Nardi, my friend from Dancing Dog Productions, and a legend in the outdoor television world, Mr. Jay Gregory. Guys, it's great to have all you guys on here with us today, and, and I hope all of you had a great Christmas. I know that we got a bunch of ground to cover, so uh, Rocky, tell us what's going on today, what we can expect. Yeah, Jay Paul, I mean, it's pretty cool having three of the top people in the outdoor world with us today, and... I don't know if you, I know you've seen it, you know, Jake just released the other side uh, story on Jay Gregory and the direction that how his life was changed in one moment. And it's a pretty cool video. Uh, Jake, you did an unbelievable job. Shannon, Jay, I'm sorry that it happened to you, brother. (laughs) Well, it's just... uh... Just an unfortunate incident, and uh, it, it all turned out fine. And it, Jake did a Jake and Shannon did an awesome job with the story. It it was uh, it turned out fantastic. Yeah, and I have seen it, Rocky. I'll tell you, it was one of the most compelling pieces that I've ever seen. Um, you know, part documentary, part biography about you, of course, Jay. But also, I know Jake, you you filmed it and produced it, and Shannon. Uh, you worked on it also. It's been a, a project for the two of you guys together. I want to hear a lot more, Jay, from you about your story and, um, you know, the, how you've grown from it. But first off, I want to lead off with asking Jake and Shannon. Um, Jake, I know this was kind of your your dream and your brainchild. Tell us how this The Other Side series came about and what you guys are doing with it. Well, I think it uh, originally, the the concept originated, I was driving down the road, traveling um, from one location to the next, and I don't remember exactly what happened, but um, there was something 
something something going on with a rumor or some gossip in the outdoor world that that you know that's a seems like it's a constant today in today's world particularly with social media and you know the 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 word travels fast anymore so i started thinking about how people get misrepresented or even incidences or products or whatever get gets misunderstood and so i started thinking about a concept of a of a you know some kind of a show a, a biogra- biographical show that would um, feature people in their personal lives be it you know their lives in general or a specific pivotal point in their life that that changed them that that influenced you know what they were doing so that i would provide an opportunity for people to a uh, speak up about something that happened to them and also tell the truth about it so that you know some of these rumors and 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 gossip uh, columns if you will you know would sort of i don't know lend itself to the truth more than you know going from one person to the next and and it being as far away from the truth as as it possibly could be so anyhow that was really the the concept behind the other side Right, and so as such, this is a series and and not just a one-time deal. You're going to be doing a whole series of these episodically on a whole lot of different personalities and not just our friend Jay. Is that correct? That's correct. You know, it's going to be about people. It's going to be about places. It's going to be about things, and there's so many different stories. Everyone, like Jay said in this first episode, everyone has a story, and you know, you don't even have to travel far to find a story. You just look a little bit deeper into a person, place, or thing, and you find these interesting stories. And And there's really no better person that I know in the industry that, that puts stories together and, and helps tell stories than uh, Shannon Nardi, who edited edited Jay's, uh, Jay's episode. Jake, you, you touched on yours and Jay's history a little bit together. Now, can you go tell us a little bit more of how you got started filming for Jay? How, how did that all come about? Well, yes, as a freelancer, I mean, this our our history goes back to 2002 when I b- bought my first um, you know, broadcast video camera, and I remember I had reached out on a on a forum when you know discussion forums were popular before social media. And I was looking for a um, a person to film with, a, um, a filming partner. And this guy from Mississippi stepped up to the plate, and he had some contacts in the industry. So I invited him out to, to Nebraska, and within two hours of our first hunt on the first day, um, he killed a, a very large and very old, mature buck. And when we got done filming everything after the after the recovery and all that, he looked at me and he said, what do you want to do with this video? And going back into the early 90s, I was a big fan of the early VHS hunting videos, and particularly the videos that uh, Jay and the juries were producing. And I'd always felt like, even at that time, you know, the juries were starting to gain a lot of momentum and they were they were they were kicking out video after video and they were really sort of standard hunting videos but jays were always about big bucks and jays were always about specific 
you know, learning experiences as a hunter, and I was trying to learn, yeah. and, and it just stood out in my mind as, as, you know, the best in the world at the time. And I remember Terry Drury even addressing him as one of the top up-and-coming bow hunters in the world for white-tailed deer is this guy, Jay Gregory. So when this guy Clifford asked me what I wanted to do with the video, I'd already had it in my mind that I wanted to send it to Jay, but I didn't know how to contact him. I didn't even know. I was just scared to death, you know, to do anything because I didn't know anybody. So Clifford, he was the president of the Mississippi Bow Hunters Association at the time, and he told me, he goes, wow, that's really ironic because we just had Jay down at our uh, fundraising banquet as our guest speaker, so I have his number handy, and I'll call him. So he contacted Jay. Um, Jay asked us to send the tape to him. Um, and that's back on the mini DV tapes, and we sent the tapes to him, and then um, he asked if, if I could fly to Indianapolis and meet him at the ATA show that year, so I did, and I sat down with he and Tammy and, and their friend Paul Thornton, and we just, you know, just kind of talked about it, and, and uh, you know, he liked it and, and put it on the that next DVD, and it just it, it kind of ran itself from there, and from there, I just really got interested in the filming part of, of, of you know, producing hunting videos opposed to hunting, even though I love to hunt. Um, I just became more and more interested in, in the production side of things. And, and of course, um, my then I met Shannon later that year, even, on a completely different website. And she, she I always thought to myself that Shannon has a hallmark touch. She's a hallmark of the hunting world. And I started learning from her and she was willing to, you know, teach me how to put stories together. And really she was, she was, um, you know, Jay was my mentor in bow hunting for whitetails and Shannon was my mentor in, in film production. Well, Shannon, do you, do, you have a, do you have a long family history in the, in the production world of the outdoor industry? Is that is that correct? Can you tell us a little bit about that. I, I kind of was born into it, I guess you could say. Uh, I, uh, my father has been a, a big, um, a real big reason why a lot of the outdoor television is the way it is today. Um, his name is Jerry McKinnis. He had his own television show for 50 years um, in fishing, and then developed a lot of the outdoor programming with ESPN. Um, and then, it, with that said. Uh, Basically, myself and and my siblings, all of us have have been involved in some kind of outdoor production and still are. So, um, yeah, <laughs> outdoor TV is kind of a lifestyle for us. No, one thing we were talking about is, you know, I've, obviously you've had a long history with outdoor television, like you said, kind of born into it. But you know, the outlets that that this video, the other side, and other things like like Waypoint TV, can you explain a little bit of it and how it works for people who may not have uh, who may not have gotten on there and seen anything on it, um, or or how well, it works because that's a really cool uh, a really cool outlet. Well, Waypoint talk, TV is actually uh, it's actually run by Tom Rowland and SE Multimedia, which happens to be a guy that I'm contracted to work for right now. My my brother and I both work on um, uh, saltwater programming. Um, with Tom Rowland. Um, so they started this outdoor TV outlet 
um, for fishing, and now they've uh, opened it up to hunting, and they've got a really nice, um, a really nice selection of of I, what I consider really high quality uh, programming in the fishing and in the hunting categories. And it's a it's a network television. You know, you just waypointtv.com, and you can go there and pick out whatever you want to watch. I was going to say something about that. Can I interject? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, Waypoint TV, you know, we're 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 running this airing this uh this series on two different platforms on YouTube channel, I mean on the Latondris Media Collective YouTube channel and also on Waypoint TV Latondris Media. But the thing we were trying to do was expose it on YouTube initially because YouTube is what, you know, I mean, everyone knows what YouTube is. It's a it's a traffic jam of people looking, searching, and, and watching uh, videos of all different sorts. You know, everything, every, if, if, you t- if you can talk about it, you can go find it on YouTube. And so we're trying to, you know, tap into all that traffic there at YouTube. And then Waypoint TV provides us a very nice, professional really um just a a, a stand a, a stand up uh platform that that showcases high quality videos um on their on their network and so you know we're, we're I just wanted to mention that we're we're airing it on two different platforms really for the same reason but we wanted to gain traffic and momentum on YouTube and then eventually we want to you know once we have enough followers and enough subscribers on YouTube and enough people you know tuning into these to these episodes then we want to eventually go um specifically and exclusively onto Waypoint TV Shannon I've got a question for you what what was your yeah. initial reaction when you first saw this video or you saw the rough footage come in what was your initial reaction to this story well as as a as an actual uh, event happening, it was pretty shocking that that actually really happened. So I'm really sorry about that, Jay. Um, but as a as a as an editor, and uh, you know, and I work in production, I, I I looked at things almost outside the box a lot of times. So the minute I saw that, you know, in my head, I'm immediately putting pieces together that I need to make that um, to make that story real uh, believable and livable for a viewer. You know, I think as a, I try to think as a viewer and what they what they need to see to to feel what actually happened. That's kind of what I immediately did. I mean, I was shocked, obviously, about the story, but um, I kind of go into a production mode and and figure out all the pieces that are are going to be needed to make that um, believable. You know, if that makes sense. Well, you certainly did an excellent job. I mean, in watching the video and hearing Jay tell his story and watching the way you guys filmed this and let it all unfold, I mean, it not only was very believable, I felt like I was right there with Jay through a whole lot of it. So I think that's one of the most remarkable things and a huge credit to your talent when the viewer can sit there and feel like they are part of it. And I think that was one of the things that made it so compelling and so engrossing too, Shannon. So definitely a uh, a job well done there. Thank you. Well, Shannon, I have to ask you this also. When when something like this comes in from a production standpoint, what 
because you have the rough footage that Jake shot with Jay. Is there a laundry list that you create or Jake creates after this is filmed and say, okay, we need this many more shots to make this complete? How does that work? That's exactly how that works. I, mean, make, I do. I make up a – I kind of build the piece, and then I kind of go through and go, you know, I don't – I'm a real big advocate of not seeing a talking head. I mean, I want to establish the person talking, and then I really don't, you know, I want to see that person that many more times. I really want to see what he's talking or she's talking about. In any story, I want to see that. And Jake knows that. Jake knows I'm a real big advocate about that. So I just built a list, and, and you know, and, and Jake went and fulfilled it. It was awesome because he did a really fabulous job at fulfilling a lot of the um, kind of gruesome parts of it. Yeah, so, yeah, it definitely. To was, your question, yes, I make a laundry list. Yeah, it was definitely very real, and it felt like you know you got all of the key elements that are in there. The thing that amazes me though is the way that you two guys are able to work together and and put it together as a cohesive story that is very easy to follow and that you know sucks you in into it. How do you do that? I mean. What are you thinking about when you go through editing this and you look at the pieces? You've given you've given Jake this laundry list of all these pieces that you need to put together as a puzzle. You know, what are the steps that you go through when you go to put something like this together so we feel like we're so much a part of it? <laughs> I don't know. I just, I mean, it, it, I don't know. <laughs> you listen Help me to, out, Jake. You I'm listen. Sorry. Yeah, you well, first of all, let me take a step back and address something uh, that you initiated there at the beginning of that statement. Um, you know, Jay and I have been working together for 14 years, and I think it took both of us uh, several years to to gain trust and, and you know, integrity and, and just build that friendship and relationship between us. And so, and we've been really good friends um for quite a while now so sitting down with jay was easy because he was comfortable with me and i was comfortable with him so that was you know that was easy for me of course i didn't have to tell the story that jay did but i know that that was a story that that was perplexing and and probably i mean i can only imagine how difficult it was for many years for jay to try to erase from his mind and not have to relive that so, um, you know, th I think that was a testament to our relationship. And then with Shannon, I think, you know, what, what Shannon did was she laid out the, 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 the interview on the timeline, and then she literally just listened to the entire thing many times, broke it down into segments, and then started, you know, cutting fat, if you will, um, on the edges until it came together, um, you know, cohesively then whatever supporting video footage that i had she used that to support what jay was saying and then what whatever was was not there that's when she sat down made a laundry list of things for me to go shoot and then it was you know my job to go execute those shots no i was just going to say i'll interject something here i would probably be obviously the biggest critic of this thing whenever i watched it uh, probably the the thing that uh the biggest plus I could give to this is that when I watched it it was extremely creepy for me to watch 
And that tells me, and that should tell everyone that they did a fantastic job putting it together because it was, you know, as Jake said, it was something I've never spoken publicly about. Very few of my friends, even my close friends, had never even heard the story, just my family. And when I watched the finished product, it was, you know, it, yeah, it took me back to a time and a place that I choose to forget, although it's been enough years now. I mean, it doesn't bother me like it used to, but it was extremely creepy to watch because it was very accurate and they did a phenomenal job. And, you know, having a TV show and produced one for many, many years, the whole idea with any type of video and editing is to try and put your viewer in your exact position um, and try and make them feel like they're there. And I think with the piece they did, they did a, they did a phenomenal job with that because I think anybody that watches it will get a true sense and it's very accurate as to exactly what happened and how it happened and kind of some of the emotions that were taking place uh, during the whole thing. So, so a big thumbs up from my side. I mean, they, I, they succeeded in creeping me out whenever I watched it. So they did. (laughs) (laughs) You know, as I listened to the three of you guys, Shannon, that was a really tough question that I posed to you earlier. And I, I really don't know what I expected as an answer to it but listening to the three of you guys it's pretty obvious i've always looked at you as an artist shannon but in asking that question i guess it's kind of like asking a great painter you know how does he go about painting this picture i think it's something that it just must kind of form in your head as you go and you can't really explain it you've just got this incredible talent that allows you to do it and i'm not saying this to you know, in, in any way, be no, patronizing or anything like that. It's just so impressive that you, your brain just works to where you can take something and Jay's story and you can put it together in a way that even creeps him out. And, and that's pretty amazing. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I, I think I just had many wonderful mentors to teach me how to tell a story, basically. So, I, And I don't really know how to do it any other way. It's very hard for me not to do that. Well, you did an excellent job here. Jay, you said that this is something that you haven't talked about for years and years. Um, Tell me what made you decide, hey, it's time maybe that I let the story get out there to others. Well, Jake and I had talked about it. You know, for me, it's kind of like Jake reverted to a little while ago. A lot of times you hear stories about people and they kind of take on their own their own truths, which oftentimes are not truths. And there was a lot of bad, there was a lot of bad sides to to my story that were told that, and honestly, they were so retarded and so stupid, I didn't even respond to them. But there was a lot of mean things that were said. And, and I think if people watch the piece, you'll look at it and go, well, I don't understand how anything could be said that would have been mean about, you know, how, I don't know how anything could be misconstrued. Well, it's just, Whenever rumors get out there, one person grabs it and the next person grabs it. And before long, you know, there's no truth to any part of the story. And, you know, and people in general, I mean, not everyone, just some people tend to, you know, they're whether it's jealousy driven or they just don't like you or whatever, stories happen to get out there. So when Jake came to me and, and we talked about it and I, you know, I was very honored that he even wanted to share my story and and I thought, who better would I trust to, to tell it right than Jake? So, you know, that's why I decided to do it. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I know for all of our guys that are out there listening, this is a waterfowling podcast. I mean, it's on the X podcast powered by Duck South. But Jay is 
a very, very serious hunter. Hunts a lot of different types of game. Probably one of the most serious bow hunters that I've ever had the privilege of watching and following on television. And the thing about this story, Jay, is that, you know, it happened to happen to you in the spring while you were out scouting for turkeys, and this guy apparently was illegally hunting for deer. But it could happen to any of us that go out there hunting. You know, it, it could have happened during duck season. It could have happened during the summer while you're out building stands. I mean, this, this is one of those acts that if you're a hunter and you're out there, you know, um, I know it was very random and extraordinarily rare, but it was because you're a hunter that this occurred. Is that correct? Would that be accurate? Oh, there's no... There's no question. I mean, I, I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. And, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, anytime any of us are out, I mean, if you were to run into a crazy person in the woods, where, where is there a worse place to be? I mean, especially if you don't have a weapon, you have no way of knowing, you know, that somebody, but I guess everyday life's like that. I mean, how do you know that you're not sitting in a McDonald's sometime and some, or a movie theater and some idiot walks in with a, with a gun and just start shooting. So, I mean, you, you can't live your life afraid, I guess. But, yeah, I mean, me being a hunter definitely had everything to do with putting me where I was that morning. But, you know, like in the story, I mean, it was two weeks before season opened. I had nothing on me but a pair of binoculars. And, you know, it just I was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. And, uh, you know, luckily I'm still here to talk about it. You know, Jay, the, the, the first time that I, that I saw it, I felt like I was in your shoes. And... It it freaked me out because I'm a big turkey hunter and I can't imagine and can't imagine that happening. So let's talk about the story a little bit more in depth uh, about the the wow part of the story. You were going in the woods to scout for turkeys and you ran up on somebody sitting in a tree stand. What time of the year is this? Because from what I understand, it's in April. March, April, April 4th, when this happened? April, yeah, April 4th was, was the date, uh, 1991, and it was, I think, turkey season opened on the 18th. I mean, I was literally on my way to work, and I just stopped uh, at, to listen for turkeys on my way to work uh, on some ground that I had just gotten permission from one of my um, members there at the club where I'd start working, and that's, you know, I, I had planned on being there for maybe 30 minutes just to listen and, you know, walk around a little bit, and I just happened to stumble upon something I wish I hadn't have. Yeah, I mean, the the last place that you would expect, you know, kind of like goes back to what you were saying just a minute ago, just an everyday thing that you do, scouting for turkeys, and this happens. You, you know, you put on your blue jeans that morning, you can never imagine that something like this would happen. Right. I mean, that to me, being outside and being outdoors has always been my safe zone. I mean, that's the that's the one place I I feel the most comfortable. And and uh, to have that taken away from you uh, is is quite an experience. That's for sure. And it and it made me very gun shy, no pun intended, um, for a long time to, you know, to, to go out and do stuff. But I knew I had to get right back out there and you know, do it. I, I've had friends before who are who. Uh, were parachuters that jumped out of planes and did it for fun and they've had mishaps and they go right back up and jump again as soon as it happens so that they you know will 
we'll do it again. And I think that's kind of the way it was for me. I knew I got to get back out there. And, you know, and so as soon as I was able to, I, in fact, I did, I turkey hunted that spring on crutches, but I knew I had to get right back out or, and I I wasn't going to let that affect me. Well, Jay, from a personality standpoint, every, every bad situation in life makes us grow personally. What did you learn or grow out of this devastating experience in your life how did you grow um well i i think the the most obvious is it just made me appreciate every day and realize that you know what's here today can be gone tomorrow so i've i don't know ever since that time i've probably been and maybe it's not a good thing all the time but i i pretty much just try and live every day as I try and enjoy every day as much as I can, and especially being around the people you know that that matter the most to me. Because you just you never you never know. I mean, we've all experienced death in our families and everything else, but whenever you are kind of facing your own mortality, a lot of a lot of things go through your head. And and uh, yeah, I will say this too, and we didn't really talk about this in the um, in the documentary much, but your your body and your mind are an incredible thing because I look back on it and it was the one thing that that probably surprised me the most is that I was pretty much I once I was shot and I headed out towards the truck and between the time I got from the woods to the hospital I honestly cannot remember feeling a lot of pain I was just numb it was a weird weird feeling I mean when I took the gloves off and shoved them in my you know down in the wound and and I could see bones and everything, and I kept thinking to myself, okay, I can't pass out. I can't, you know, I, I'm not bleeding to death, which I, I've been a hunter my whole life, so I knew it didn't get my femoral artery, which it was within an inch of, but it didn't get. So I just knew that I couldn't pass out. I had to get to the hospital. It, but the weird thing about it, as soon as I got to the hospital and as soon as they put me up on the gurney, that's whenever all the pain started. So your mind is, your body's an incredible thing. I mean, it, it, it protects you to an extent and uh i know that was that was a, a a weird awakening for me there too is is how your your body um really takes over whenever it needs to yeah and well, you know i, don't know if I heard made you, any sense with anything but. sure it did because i heard you say during it you know that it wasn't until you got you got to the hospital um that you really really had the pain start and I was thinking while I was watching this, you know, you're there with the guy who just shot you, just tried to kill you. And I don't want to give too much away for the guys that have not seen this yet. But, but, uh, and, you know, you're there with this person and you're not thinking about how bad this hurts. You're thinking about all the different contingencies. And finally, it was when you felt safe that your body allowed yourself to feel pain and that obviously came through really really well which i think is another testament to what a great job jake and shannon have both done here right exactly that's that's why i say the the whole thing for me to watch um it turned out it turned out way better than i ever even thought it could i mean they did a phenomenal job with it because it was so accurate and like i said i mean i would be the toughest one to critique it and it gave me the it gave me the creeps. In fact, a couple of my family members watched it, and they were like, "I can't believe you even talked about it," you know, because we didn't even know that. So, it was it was very, very, very well done. It was I was very impressed with the way they put it together. Jay, let me ask you one more question before we go. I want to because it's the one 
question that I had when I after watching it. You know, as you're laying on the as you're laying on the ground and this guy's standing over you, what what's going through your mind? I thought he was gonna shoot me again and I thought that was it. Wow. I I mean when you're <laughs> In the middle of, and it kind of goes back to, I guess it was your dad that said, you know, the easier thing for him, and I know this is horrible to say, but the easier thing to him was to was to throw you in the river. That's, that's yeah, awful well, to say. We were right there by the Grand River, and once I got in the truck, you know, my dad said, you know, you're lucky he just didn't drive you down to the river, shoot you in the head and throw you in the, you know, throw you in the river and then go cover up his, you know. I, I mean, he had never got away with it because I had a vehicle there. I mean, they would have ultimately probably found me or whatever because, you know, in, in, to answer your question, what was I thinking? You know, obviously I thought he was going to shoot me again. But then I could tell by the look on his face, and that's why I said I think reality hit him because I was covered in blood. And there was a lot of blood. And at that point, I think he realized, one, I wasn't dead. Two, I, reality struck him that, you know, what have I done? So then he immediately went into, oh, my God, the gun went off on accident. You know, I I, I didn't do that on purpose, blah, blah, blah. And of course, I wasn't, I wasn't arguing. I didn't care what, I mean, I knew what had happened. He knew what had happened. But at that point, I was just, I had my total focus was I have to get to a hospital. So I didn't argue. I didn't say anything. I just said, I got to get out of here. And so, you know, and, and then there's a lot more to the story too, that I could bore everybody with forever. But I mean, he changed the story two or three times and, and, you know, he tried to, it, it was ugly. I mean, it was, it, it was an ugly deal even after it happened. Once his verdict was handed down, which was second-degree manslaughter, or second-degree assault, was all he got, um, he put a sign out in his front yard that I still have pictures of. He put a sign out in his front yard that on a 8 by 8 sheet of plywood, he painted it white in red letters. He said, I gave the new golf pro in town a hole-in-one. So, I mean, the guy was obviously... Oh, my God. Great. He was Holy moly. Holy God. I, I never, well, I don't guess anybody ever knew that unless they lived there. That's, that's rough. So, I mean, he, I mean, he, he was, he had, he had issues and, you know, there was a lot, it was, it was very unfortunate from our end that it never went to trial because at the time there was a brand, there was a, the, the prosecutor that was doing the case was running for a judge position. And his exact words to me were, I'm going, or he told my lawyer, I'm going after second degree assault because I know I'll get it, which was completely, I mean, it, it was, it was terrible, but there was nothing we could do about it. And so I ended up with a, a very, I ended up learning about our system and how corrupt and political it can be sometimes. And and so I, you know, and everyone just kept saying to me, and and I felt that, that way at the time. Well, the most important thing is, is you're alive and you're going to be okay, and you know, and so, you know. But looking back on it, yeah, it was, uh, you know, the the guy. I, I can tell you this: I, I'm 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 not as strong a person as my dad. If somebody did that to my son, what he did to me, <laughs> I'm either going to be smart enough to not go to jail, or I'm going to jail. But I'm guys. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. I, you, you draw your own conclusions, but I, I know what I would have done. And 
But I, I pleaded and begged my dad not to do it while I was laying in the hospital before I went into surgery. So, and and I had a lot of people that offered to do it, but I, I just I couldn't be a I mean, it was it was a it was a big deal for a long time. The, especially after the guy put the sign in his front yard. I mean, that was. Then we realized we were really dealing with somebody that was completely deranged and not a good person. Hey, Jay. Hey, Jay, I've got one more. One more, really quick. Because I know you guys have to go. But when when you saw his son in that bar or restaurant, wherever you were, were you you able to just finally forgive and release all of that when, when, when the guy apologized? when his son apologized. Yeah, that was probably the moment whenever, I know this sounds so weird and cliche and everything else, but after all those years, that was probably at the moment when I quit having, I don't know, it was weird. It was, I I quit having dreams, I quit thinking about it. I don't know, it was, and I can't even explain why, but just for for this person that I didn't know, and I still don't, I don't know what his name is. I, I wouldn't know him. I, I don't even remember what his face looks like. I mean, I don't remember anything about him. But for him to come up to me and to say what he said, and and there were some other things he said to me too that I, you know, I just didn't get into because I didn't. It, it was just taking too long. But it was just, yeah, it, it was. Uh, it was the first time that I felt, um, for lack of better words, I felt vindicated for not feeling not having to feel the way I felt about it anymore because finally somebody had apologized, you know, through the whole thing, this guy never apologized, never, never had one ounce of remorse, never anything for what he did to me, did my family, did anything. And then all of a sudden this son who obviously had, did not have a good relationship with his dad based on what he had said to me um, and had let me know that, I was in a long list of people that his dad had threatened before. Um, it was, you know, it was, um, yeah, it, it, it made me, it, it, it made me feel, I mean, I, I completely, and I'm not a crying type person, but I mean, I just, the minute he said it, I just completely broke down in the restaurant. I just, I was just a mess and I, you know, and I forever thank him for doing that. I, I really do. Well, you know, I mean, it was obvious that his father had no remorse by the sign that he put out there. And, of course, I'm sure a lot of people are listening to this going, well, so why wasn't something done about that by the authorities? But you've got to remember, in this country, double jeopardy had already been convicted of second degree. So no more could be done. But, you know, to the, the relief that having some closure and knowing that someone in his family was remorseful must have really been a relieving thing i'm sure jake i have to ask you what what does the future hold for the other side well we've got a a list a running list of i guess i could call them opportunities or concepts and storylines that we have laid out on paper and really it's a matter of of you know me getting out there and doing the groundwork and, and getting the interviews done and then, you know, videoing the supporting footage um, to put it all together. And um, I'm really excited about our list because it sort of 
sort of uh, meanders back and forth between, you know, deer hunters and duck hunters and um, dogs and people and products and all kinds of different concepts. And, and you know, without giving too much away, they're, they are concepts that, you know, that we talk about and we think about whether, you know, we're sitting in a tree stand or talking on the phone or texting or, or you know, talking about on Facebook or, or social media. They're just, they're just concepts that are, you know, common knowledge yet, again, sometimes they get caught up in that rumor mill and get directed the wrong direction or misrepresented. So um, I think, you know, we're here to straighten those things out for everybody. <laughs> There's so many rumors that go through the outdoor industry. It, it, it's pretty interesting, some of the stuff that you hear. Hey, guys, Shannon, I know you've got editing that you've got to get done, and you're on, a, on time constraints here, but this was a great story, something that, uh, you know, with all the other guys out there, because you're a hunter just like all of us, Jay, we felt we needed to share, and Jake and Shannon, y'all have done such an incredible job putting this together if someone wants to watch this edition of the other side jake where do they need to go what do they need to do they can go to youtube do an engine search in youtube for latondris media collective um, or they could go to waypoint tv and do a search in the hunting uh in the hunting uh, menu go to latondris media and you can find it right there Great, and I'm sure, also, of course, you'll I've, be able to... I've also to... put a link up on my Facebook, too. If they go there, it'll take them right to the, to Jake LaTondres' deal. There's a link on, on my Facebook also, so... Fabulous. I'm about to put a link on both of my Facebook pages. Um, we'll also have it available, RockyWantMe, at DuckSouth.com, if it's not already. Is that right, Rock? Yes, it will be. And Josh will have an article coming out this week about Jay, and we'll have a video in the article also. Great, guys. Well, listen, it was great to have you. Normally, we would go to closing thoughts from everybody at this point, but I really don't think that there's a whole lot that anybody can say that, uh, I mean, this kind of stands for itself. Jay, your story, we really appreciate you coming on here with Jake and Shannon to, to share it with us. I know that's a difficult thing. I hope that all of our folks out there that are listening to the podcast will Take the opportunity to go and watch. I promise you, you're going to be sucked in by this. You're going to feel like you're reliving this experience with Jay Gregory because he did such a great job, uh, he and Jake and Shannon, of showing us the other side. Guys, it's been great having all you guys on here with us today. In a few days, we're going to come back and go back to waterfowling. But in the meantime, on behalf of Josh, Rocky, Jake, Shannon, and Jay, I really hope that you've enjoyed this edition of the On The X podcast powered by DuckSouth.com. <laughs>